tasted sweet grapes. Why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Now let me tell you that I will do to the vineyard. I will tear down its hedges. I will let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it, right? There was a breaking of, this is why we don't follow the 613 laws anymore. There was a breaking of the law. It needed to come out more perfectly. He was already, this was already a prophecy of what was about to happen. I will make it a wild place where the vines are not pruned and the ground is not hoed, a place overgrown with briars or thorns, and I will command the clouds to drop no rain on it. The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard cries of violence. This is why Jesus came. You know, when I think about it, fresh fruit, it isn't hard to distinguish between fresh fruit and rotten fruit. In fact, Matthew uh, 7, uh, 16 through 17, Jesus said it this way. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from th uh, thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces In case you're wondering, we're still talking about harvesting. We're still talking about fruit. The point here being that people around you will recognize and respond to the fruit of your life. Fruit is, fresh fruit is delicious, inviting, while rotten fruit stinks and no one wants to have it. Rotten fruit isn't hard to recognize. And the same is true about the fruit of the life of a believer. This point only emphasizes the last in that it's imperative that a believer remains connected to the vine and exerts the necessary effort to remain healthy. Just recently I was at General Conference, in, which is uh, the Association of Ministers that I'm a part of, and, and Reverend Joel Urshan preached a masterpiece uh, message on fruit. Um, basically that our fruit as ministers needs to be reflective of Galatians chapter 2, verse 22 through 23. Galatians 2, verse 22 through 23 says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why would he get up and talk to a bunch of ministers about their fruit. I believe he did that because there is a great revival coming. And if our fruit is rotten, oh, Jesus, more than ever, the church needs to stand up and let their fruit show. That's going to be the thing that does the attracting is the fruit. Yeah. Notice also that the Bible says in Galatians 5.22 that this is what the Holy Spirit produces in us. See, again, you can't just come to church and just 
be, be a Christian. It, it doesn't work like that. God has got to be a part of our lives. He's the one that's, that's putting us together. He's the one that's growing us spiritually. He's the one that's producing fruit within us. We need to be careful that, that after we receive God's overflowing spirit, that we do not quench the spirit and what it produces in us. Pastor Urshan had a question, made a couple of statements I'd like to share. His question was, why is God serious about fruit? Good question. He said this, because the world is hungry. What would we share? Hey, come be a part of our church. We can show you our rules. Now we can show you our constitution. Let me tell you about tithing. Right? No, they come because of our fruit. Our fruit, and then out of that comes amazing things that God wants to do, right? He said, fruit carries antioxidants war, that war against any virus. We have a serious set of virus in this country, in this world. And we can't allow the little things to come along and destroy the fruit. He said this, here's one of them, the little things, locusts of sarcasm I think that sometimes church we can become come in with a consumer mentality more than God how do I do what you want me to do the Bible says foxes that spoil the vine right allowing little foxes to spoil the vine Careful. He said this, he said, the seed is in the fruit and you are sowing seeds in others, right? See, a follower of Jesus is given the spirit of God to dwell inside them. And the spirit has different jobs. But one is to produce a harvest of fruits of the spirit. And these fruits are pre present in the life of every believer, but they must be exercised and honed to become our new nature. When we walk in the power of the Spirit, our lives produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And these qualities are evident to those around us and may even move someone to ask, what is the difference in you? The key here is to be walking with and in the Spirit. Now, the broader Galatians chapter 5 chapter mentions uh, that, that the human nature and the Spirit are in conflict with each other. And, and it talks about the fruits of the human nature. Let me read that. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is fornication, homosexuality, adultery. Why? It's against God's plan. And it destroys people's lives. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, and factions. The fruits of the life in the spirit, again, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, goodness, faith, right? 
temperance. That's what those are. Now, what that also tells me this, it's not my job to do the judging. It's my job to do the loving. It's my job to bring peace to a situation. It's my job to show forth the joy of Christ. You get what I'm saying? We're not trying to twist this, that we have now become uh, on the right hand of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus do what he does, and let's do what us do, and that is to show fruit. See, it's, he said this, he said, George, and he said, it's not about me, it's about feeding the world. How true is that? See, if the fruit of the Spirit, I like what he wrote this, he said, if the fruit of the Spirit grow, the gifts of the Spirit flow. I know, that was so good. I wish it was mine. I do, I do. It was so good. See, I think sometimes what we do as a church is we focus more on the gifts than we focus on the fruit. Now, let me tell you what. If the fruit is off, the gifts. Now, God says, I do not have repentance for any gift that I give out. But if our insides are not filled with the fruit of God, it will begin to corrupt got to be careful, right? Um, Randall just went away on a business trip, and I had him do a video I wanted to show you guys. Back in September, I had this opportunity to travel for work over to Malaysia, and the expectation for me is uh, that I was going to be doing some training and sit in on some quarterly business review meetings, but when I got there, I got connected with, with my team members and, and fellow colleagues. <clears throat> One of them specifically was a person of Muslim descent. And I remember we began to discuss our individual faiths. And so I remember one morning we were discussing specifically the topic of prayer. And I remember asking uh, her, you know, when you, when you go into those moments of prayer, what are you asking for? And does your God really ever respond or answer those prayers? After she gave me her response, I was able to, to share a little bit about my faith and give examples of all of the times throughout my life that God has done some miraculous things in my life and answered prayers. I remember she was really moved by some of the things that I shared with her. She flat out said to me, she says, I want to pray to your God. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's really cool. But we could probably, you know, make that happen. But little did I know she was thinking right then and there. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we can do this thing right now. So we, we begin praying. And keep in mind, we're in a conference room in the middle of the office. And I remember her prayers, they gradually became more and more sincere and more emotionally driven and it was only a matter of a few moments that tears were streaming down her face and in the office she was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues a few days later I had this opportunity then to to, to fly across the water and, and go to this island where I was going to be part of this uh, weekend missions journey 
to go to the city of Tenham to plant a church that's never had a church, never had a preacher, never had anyone that would be there to, to share the gospel. And so I remember getting to this city and uh, we're, we're driving around the neighborhoods and canvassing with prayer and inviting people to the service. And I was thinking, you know, I've been part of, you know, these sort of things before and, you know, don't get your hopes up with the turnout. And so I remember the service started and, and I'm on the front row and I looked back in this conference room was over capacity with people. 140 plus people came to worship God in a city that's never had a church. <laughs> Would you stand with me? <clears throat> I want to bring this to a close. One thing that Randall did not share, and he actually has a full testimony that I'm going to send out this week. So check your emails for that. Um, but he, when he went and told the Malaysians um, about what had happened with this, um, with this Muslim, and they weren't really, really excited about the whole thing, and he wondered why. They said because it's illegal to try to convert Muslims. I want you to know this. <clears throat> God is going to have a revival. No matter what other people try to put rules on. And sometimes we underestimate who is primed for God, who's not. Who I think that God is going to begin blowing the church's mind at the amount of people that respond to God. Now, let me, let me finish this up and we'll close this down, okay? Let me finish this up. Mark chapter 13, which is right after the whole parable that I shared. <clears throat> Jesus buttons it up and he begins talking about the ending of times. This is one of those chapters. Another one is Matthew chapter 24. It talks about the ending of times. There's a lot of that happening right now. Um, and they found some red heifers uh, which is about purifying the priests so that they can start sacrificing in the temple. I mean, there's a, a lot of things that are happening at this time in life. But anyway, he, he's talking and he begins talking about saying that people are going to come. They're going to tell people that, he's the, that they're the Messiah. He says, don't be deceived. He goes on. He talks about nation. We'll, we'll go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as many famines. Um, and this is only the first of the birth pains and more to come. He continues on. And then in verse 9, he says, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Watch verse 10. It says this, for the good news must be preached to all the nations. I want to be a part of the revival. And our key is having our fruit being focused on fruit. Our fruit, the life-changing, life-giving fruit that God gives us and the harvest of the fruit that are out there. Now, I open up with the scripture. And so I want to end with that scripture, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. 
Jesus traveled through the towns, villages, and that area, teaching in the synagogue and announcing good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Everybody say compassion. This is the first key to this great revival. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to the disciples, and I hope that you take these words home with you, and that is, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into their fields. And I would agree. We need to do that. We need to pray for them to send more workers into the field. But I'm telling you that some of you workers are here in this room. And God needs you to gather the harvest. Right? Right? Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we need a revival of fruit in the church today. And I pray, God, for everyone within the sound of my voice who's watching online, those in this room, Lord Jesus, that we begin to look at our fruit. There may be things that have stood out of maybe areas that we're lacking or areas that we're, we're really growing in. I pray, God, that, that we'd be able to look deeply into our lives, Lord Jesus, that we can be ready for this harvest that you have for this church. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the environment that you created, that people are poised to hear about the gospel. Help us to speak. Your word says that you will give us the words in those days. In Mark chapter 13, you will give us the words. So I pray for your help. In Jesus' name.